covering sports in the Midwest. It's the Midwest Sports Network. MWSN.net. It's episode 184 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And get your feelings on local high school football scores in Southwest and Central Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and East Central and Southeastern Indiana. Plus, we're talking about the first Bengals win under Joe Burrow, and we're recapping what the playoffs are going to look like starting this weekend. If it's local, it's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly audio podcast that covers all sports in Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio, and covers areas from Northern Kentucky and the Ohio River up to Lima and Allen County, from Richmond, Indiana and the surrounding Whitewater Valley region to Madison County and surrounding areas. If you want local sports, this is your source. To find your favorite way of listening to this podcast, as well as visiting the Tee Public and Redbubble shops, and find the latest episodes, please visit sindaypod.com. This opening theme was created with the Splash app. It's time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. It's great to have my voice back up to 100%, and it's nice to be back talking local Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio sports with you here. So... Like I mentioned, high school football scores like the normal. And we're talking about the Bengals' first win against Jacksonville. And yes, we will go over the playoffs again, which start this Friday. Just because I wasn't entirely satisfied with last week's episode. If you remember, I was quite angry. And, you know, I think I had a right to be, honestly. But I'll talk a little bit more about that to close out the show. But that's what you can look forward to. A lot of football and local sports. So let's begin. We'll start with Week 6 Ohio High School football scores. And we start off with the Cross County Conference. There's the result that might surprise you. It surprised me, but it might not surprise you. Number 7 will shock you. No, I don't know why I'm getting this. Anyway, we start off with my hometown Twin Valley South Panthers. They beat Bradford 40-6 for the first win of 2020. And Sonia edges out Tri-County North 22-21. Arcanum defeats Bethel 28-20. And Miami East defeats Mississinawa Valley 14-6. National Trail did not play because of the dreaded COVID. Now, I skipped one score on purpose. We'll talk a little bit about that. But a little bit fun with the Mississinawa Valley and Bethel scores. My uh, source is Press Pro Magazine's scoreboard for the Dayton area. And yeah, it had that Mississinawa Valley defeated Bethel. 28 to 20. But then I look at Miami East and Mississinawa Valley's social accounts. It's like, wait a minute. So I double checked, and yes, Arcanum did beat Bethel 28 20, and Mississinawa Valley fell short to Miami East 14 to 6. I know I tweeted what I normally do Friday nights. I tweeted a score that was incorrect, and I apologize for that. So you probably want to know who won the CCC in its final year of existence. Well, Tri-Village defeated Fort Loramie 60-43. Now, I'm not, you know, 
I'm not trying to bash anyone here, but uh, Fort Loramie has been very good for quite some time. In fact, in small school football, probably one of the first few names you can think of, maybe Coldwater first, Marion Local, you get my drift. Dry Village hasn't had a program for very long, and I thought it was a lot shorter than this. Five years since uh, the Patriots got their start on the gridiron, and already they took home a conference regular season title. So congrats to the Patriots as they knock off Fort Loramie 60-43. Now we move on to the Southwestern Buckeye League. A perfect season for Bellbrook as they defeat Oakwood 48-7. Carlisle edges out Preble Shawnee 20-14. Brookville defeats Franklin 14-6. Milton Union 48, Dixie 15. Valley View takes care of Eaton 41-7. Waynesville 43, Northridge 18. And Monroe, 28, Middletown, Madison, 8. Now on to the Miami Valley League, West Carrollton and Fairborn. They're still in action. In fact, last week was their first week since being off two weeks from the COVID. And the Pirates pick up a 35-13 win over Greenville. Piqua rolls over Sydney, 44-0. Troy defeats Stebbins, 28-21. It's Fairborn 39, Vandalia Butler 0, and Tippecanoe edges out Xenia 14-13. To the Greater Western Ohio Conference, as Centerville shuts out their neighbors to the west in Miamisburg 42-0. Northmont edges out Wayne 28-27. The Thunderbolts are your G-Walk champions for 2020. Springfield rolls across Beaver Creek 76-0, and Fairmont 10, Springboro 7 Nice win there by the Firebirds, and I believe that's two straight for the Kettering School. Now to the Central Buckeye Conference. Graham, 6-0 on the year. Very good year for the Falcons. A school most notably known for their wrestling program, but it's the Falcons taking care of Northwestern 35-3. Jonathan Alder, 30. London, 13. Another nice year for the Pioneers near Plain City, Ohio. Tecumseh 35, Bell Fountain 34, North Union, a nice 42-7 win over Ben Logan, and Indian Lake 34, Urbana 7. To the Ohio Heritage Conference, West Jefferson rolls over Fairbanks 49-14, Mechanicsburg with a big shutout victory over the Tigers of West Liberty Salem 33-0, Green in 5-1, they edge out Greenview 21-20, Mass and Plains 42, Springfield Catholic Central 0. Springfield Catholic Central is one of the few schools that did not opt in for the playoffs. So unless they have scheduled games for week 7, 8, 9, or 10, that's the end of the season for the Irish. Triad 21, Northeastern 14, and Southeastern 41, Cedarville 26. We make our way north to the Lima, Ohio area. First up, the Northwest Central Conference as Upper Scioto Valley Downs, Waynesville, Goshen, 38-26. Marion Elgin defeats Crestline, 55-41. Riverside, 34. Harden Norvin, 26. And Ridgemont, 44. Ridgedale, 8. Who has the better Ridge? Well, Ridgemont defeats Ridgedale in that battle. And you might be wondering, where's Lima Perry? Well, tell you a little bit about that game later. Non-conference game, you see. Western Buckeye League, we have St. Mary's defeating Salina, 49-6, Ottawa Glandorf, 34, Kenton, 27, Wapakoneta, 28, Defiance, 0, Elida, 21, Lima Shawnee, 16, 
And Van Wert, 29, Lima Bath, 7. Staying up north, it's the Midwest Athletic Conference. Another great year for Coldwater. They defeat Anna shutout fashion, 40 to nothing. Marion Local, they did not score 28 points. No, they scored 49. They take care of Devil St. John's shutout fashion. Minster 62, Parkway 20, St. Henry 22, Fort Recovery 21, and New Bremen, Downs for Sales 36-7. Tigers 4-2, New Bremen and the Cardinals 3-3. Three three. Heading back down this way to Dayton, Ohio, the Dayton City League, a Thursday night game, Dunbar 47, Thurgood Marshall 12, a Friday night game, Trotwood Madison 34, Belmont 19, and a Saturday game for Ponets as they shut out Meadowdale 38 to nothing. And now down to Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference. While Taft picks up an 8-0 win against Withrow, that victory was abandoned as Taft used an ineligible player because once you're kicked out, you are not allowed to come back in and play. You're kicked out for the game, and the Senators will get to you that. Therefore, Withrow takes the forfeit win. Aiken 32, Hughes 18, Gamble Montessori 34, Woodward 20, Schroeder a two-overtime win over Western Hills 14-12, and Clark Montessori 50, Riverview East Academy 8. And now down to the Greater Catholic League, Hamilton Baden, perfect year for the Rams, 6-0, and they have the GCL co-ed title as they defeat McNicholas at Edgewood 10-7. That's a Saturday game. And you wonder why they're playing at Edgewood. Well, remember, what was it, last year that Hamilton and Hamilton Baden didn't come to an agreement where Baden shares the facilities with Hamilton? Baden, I believe, is still looking to build their own field and venues, but right now they still have to find home field, and that's where Baden played. LaSalle 27, Moeller 25. Last second field goal wins it for the Lancers as they take down the Crusaders. Carroll 35, Fenwick 21. And a Thursday night game, Alter rolls across Chaminade Julian 49-21. And now to Cincinnati we go for the Cincinnati Hills League. Sharing the CHL title are the Wyoming Cowboys and the Indian Hill Braves. And I mentioned on this podcast before, Wyoming's defense, very good. Indian Hills offense, very good. Two very good teams. Maybe they'll meet in the playoffs. We'll have to see in a little bit. But Wyoming shuts out Taylor 49-0, and Indian Hill defeats Finneytown 62-6. In the other two games, Madeira shuts out Redding 34-0, and Deer Park edges Marymont 25-21. In the Greater Miami Conference, yours truly had the call of Princeton at Fairfield, and the Vikings take a 40-23 win away from the land of Jungle Gyms. You know, at one point, the after three quarters, rather, it was, what would that be, 35-3? to three? And then Fairfield scores three straight rushing touchdowns to cut into that deficit. And then the field goal seals the deal for the Vikes. Very good game, very young Fairfield squad, but this Princeton team, offensively, defensively, they can hang with anyone. And I can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs. They have the number two seed overall in Division I Region 4, but more on that later. Lakota West is your GMC winners in the regular season. They shut out Mason 21-0. If Mason upset Lakota West, then Princeton and the Comets would get a share of that title. But Lakota West went 5-0. They might have been 6-0, but the game at Oak Hills was canceled because, you guessed it, COVID-19. 
And Lakota East 42, Oak Hills 20. Coleraine edges out Hamilton to snap the Big Blues winning streak, 14-13 Cardinals. Now to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. It's Winton Woods going 6-0 on the year and 5-0 in ECC play in their first year in the conference. They knock off Turpin 33-13. Kings rolls big against Loveland 63-32. All 32 of those Tiger points coming in the second half. And Kings a 35-0 lead at half. Lebanon 41, Little Miami 7, Anderson 42, Milford 13, and West Claremont didn't play. They still have the two-week COVID suspension. They'll be back in action this week for the playoffs. To the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference, we have Blanchester 28, Ly- excuse me, East Clinton 14. I almost said Lima there for a minute. That would be interesting. Clinton Massey, 56. Wilmington, 21. Another undefeated year by the Falcons. Bethel Tate, 41. Fayetteville, 12. Claremont Northeastern, 21. Williamsburg, 0. Western Brown, 47. Batavia, 20. And Goshen with an upset win over New Richmond, 24-6. In the Southwest Ohio Conference, Ross, 6-0 on the year. They already clinched the... SWOC title last week, their first ever conference title. But the Rams remain hot. They take down Mount Healthy, 48-21. Edgewood edges out Harrison and OT, 38-35. And Northwest hands Talawanda the fourth straight loss in the year, 47-10. Into the Miami Valley Conference, the team to watch from this conference are the Roger Bacon Spartans. And they continue to roll along with a 41-0 win against North College Hill. New Miami, they're looking strong as well as the Vikings knock off Lachlan 40-14. I had Clark Montessori on here. They defeat Miami Valley Christian 36-0. That's my fault on that. CHCA 39, Summer Country Day 7. Might have been an old score I read above, but... That 36 nothing is from Week 6, promise. CHCA 39, Summer Country Day 7, Norwood 36, St. Bernard 30, and Cincinnati College Prep 30, Cincinnati College Day 0. And now we make our way to Columbus, Ohio. A lot more games this week. We'll start off with the Thursday night finals with Briggs defeating West 36 nothing. Beechcroft defeats Northland 30-8. Pickerington Central 38, Reynoldsburg 13. And now on to the Friday affairs. Bishop Watterson, 38. St. Charles, 14. Good hockey battle there. Unito, 31. Westfall, 30. Kenoshan, is that how you say that? 42. New Lexington, 34. Centerburg, 48. Fredericktown, 9. Two overtime win for the Chillicothe Cavaliers. They knock off Jackson and the Ironmen, 30-27. to Lancaster, 46. Newark, 15. Pickerington North, 31. Gahanna Lincoln, 6. Grove City, 48. Westland, 12. Olin Tangibalin, 28. Thomas Worthington, 21. Upper Arlington, 35. Hilliard Davidson, 0. Dublin Kaufman, 28. Hilliard Bradley, 14. Westerville North, 22. Worthington Kilbourne, 21. Olin Tangi Liberty, 42. Olin Tangi Orange, 21. Marysville, 28. Olin Tangi, 7. Westerville Central, 42. New Albany, 7. Mansfield, 17. Mount Vernon, 7. Canal Winchester, 49. Delaware Hayes, 28. The Pacers of Delaware Hayes, I believe, also opted out of the playoffs this year. Dublin, Sciota, 15. Big Walnut, 14. Liberty Union defeats Buckeye Valley, 48-3. 
Columbus Academy takes care of Grandview Heights, 49-0. Bishop Reedy, 38. Bexley, 0. Harvest Prep, 52. Whitehall Yearling, 14. Burn Union, 28. Worthington Christian, 21. Bloom Carroll, 45. Logan Elm, 14. Newark Catholic, 48. Utica, 6. Licking Valley, 24. Zanesville, 0. Johnstown, 35. North Ridge, 7. Heath, 56. Lakewood, 20. Grandview, excuse me, Granville, 49. Licking Heights, 20. Whetstone, 22. Centennial, 14. Watkins Memorial, 32. Logan, 21. Hilliard Derby, 28. Dublin Jerome, 27. Independence, 26. Walnut Ridge, 14. Overtime win for Fairfield Christian. They knock off Bishop Rosecrans, 22-14. It's Warren, 59. Fairfield Union, 13. Groveport Masson, 28. Central Crossing, 24. Westerfield South was supposed to be at Franklin Heights, but that game was not played. I believe it was COVID on Franklin Heights' side. St. Francis of Sales, 16. Bishop Hartley, 14. And the Saturday games in Columbus, Fisher Catholic, 17, Miller, 0. East, 14, Lyndon McKinley, 6. East Moore, 26, Afrocentric, 6. And Marion Franklin defeats South, 8-6. And your non-conference games look like this. Lima Perry rolls over Kip Columbus, 50-8. Troy Christian knocks off Grove City Christian, 49-12. Ironton, 33, Sycamore Aves, 11. And the Ironton Athletic Department had nothing but great things to say about the Sycamore football team. As you know, Ironton is a very good program in South Central Ohio. As I've mentioned, a, a common opponent in the 90s during the playoff runs for the Valley View Spartans, where they picked up three state titles. Middletown 33, Water Hills 26, first one of the year for the Middies. Indian, Indianapolis Cathedral. 36, Elder 14, Purcell Marion 20, Dayton Christian 3, and St. Xavier finishes off the non-conference slate with a big 62-37 win against St. Ignatius. Now we head to week 7 of Indiana High School football. I believe there's two weeks remaining in the regular season, and in Indiana, every school makes the playoffs via a blind draw. So the Richmond Red Devils, they're coming off their first win of the year on homecoming against Logansport. However, Lafayette Jeff gets the better of the Red Devils as they win 77-6 over Richmond. To the Tri-Eastern Conference, Centerville, perfect in conference play. They knock off Union County 54-12. Winchester 24, Hagerstown 8. Union City shuts out Lincoln 38-0. Tri-39, Knightstown 7. And Shenandoah 49, Northeastern 6. Into the Eastern Indiana Athletic Conference. East Central 42, Connorsville 7. Lawrenceburg 64, Rushville 15. Greensburg 42, Batesville 28. And Franklin County 24, South Dearborn 18. Franklin County and the Wildcats, they're off their two-week suspension with the COVID. Now we move to the Mid-Indiana Football Conference as Milan takes care of Oldenburg Academy 48-6. North Decatur knocks off North Davies, 42-0. South Decatur knocks off Switzerland County, 56-0. And the name I was hoping they'd be the Traders. That is not the name. It's Traders Point Christian, 55, Edinburgh, 6. I first saw that name. It's like, ooh, I hope they're named the Traders or something. Nope. They're the Traders Point Christian Knights. And they won against Edinburgh, 55-36. And now we move to week four in Northern Kentucky. Just seemed like their season started last week. 
But here's your NKY scores. Harrison County knocks off Scott 42-34. Keep in mind, this is a different Scott from the one you'll hear about a little bit later. Russell edges out Simon Kenton 32-31 in overtime. Brossart 42, Nicholas County 34 in four overtimes. A nice lasting win there for Brossart. Newport 51, Bellevue 20, Campbell County 14, Pikeville 8, Holmes 28, Rowan County 21, Lloyd 28, Ludlow 7, Dixie Heights 28, Beechwood 20, Scott County 28, Ryo 18. Again, that's different from Scott. Uh, I think last year I got those two confused, but hey, it's all about learning, you know. Covington Catholic continues to roll. They beat Boone County 45-7. Pendleton County, 28. Lewis County, 8. Walton, Verona, 14. Carroll County, 6. Dayton, 36. Trimble County, 8. Sayer, 28. Holy Cross, 14. Cooper, 27. George Rogers, Clark, 26. And Highlands, 36. Connor, 0. To the one college score, it's Cincinnati. They're 3-0 and now 11th in the AP poll and coaches poll, even though both those polls have teams that haven't played yet. Oh, oh State. Ah, shouldn't be in the polls if you haven't played. Oh, sorry. Man, I got to get that checked out. Anyway, Bearcats 28, South Florida 7. A nice win, although very, very turnover heavy in that contest. I think USF threw five interceptions and Ritter of UC threw three. So, yeah, eight interceptions through the air. Hmm. We'll talk about this game in a minute, but Bengals 33, Jaguars 25, Browns 3-1 for the first time, I think the first time since they came back to Cleveland, 47-38 over the Cowboys, and I forgot to check the Colts and Bears score. Steelers and Titans didn't play thanks to, yeah, I guessed it, COVID, and this was on the Tennessee side, but it looks like all the Titans went through two negative test so they'll be working back out very shortly and they should be back in action week five let's check out those scores shall we because i i was listening to this game on the radio going grocery shopping that sunday but i just forgot to check it so we have indianapolis 19 chicago 11 there you go up to the minute breaking news scores or something like that. And that's it. That's your football scores. And starting next week, episode 185, what we're going to do, we have um, a different Word document where we're going to put all the playoff scores for the local teams. And that's what we'll cover. So no more this conference, that conference. It's about playoff time. So I like to talk about the Bengals. 1-2-1 one, and one now under the... First-year guidance of quarterback Joe Burrow, and definitely he's made me look silly saying that, you know, if he's going to make rookie mistakes, you know, all got to be patient. He looks phenomenal out there. And 505 yards of total offense for Cincinnati against Jacksonville and Joe Burrow picking up his first win in Cincinnati. Also the first game that... The hometown fans could come in and watch 6,243 fans into Paul Brown Stadium to check out Joe Burrow and the Bengals knocking off Jacksonville. Three straight 300-yard games, and I'm pretty sure the first game he was at 270-something. So in his uh, post-conference, post-game conference, 
he mentioned that whatever he has to do, I mean, you really got you really got to love the add to Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm still worried about the offensive line being, you know, completely soft like tissue paper and, you know, letting him get shredded like that, but no sacks against Jacksonville. Again, yes, I know it's a Jacksonville team that is totally different from, you know, when they have one of the best defenses in the league and now everything's just kind of falling apart for Jacksonville. So definitely really, really great to see, especially that third quarter. I was listening to the last uh, series of the first half. I tell you, Dave Lapham was really ripping the defense and I'm not sure if it's all of the defense with the injuries or if it's coaching. I know a lot of signs point to the coaching, but you know, it's a win is a win. Burrow's averaging about 47 throws per game. When, yes, I know the NFL is more throw heavy compared to back in the day where you have a rock solid running back. You normally give him the rock and maybe pass and mix it up. So Sunday, just 36 passing attempts for Burrow as they were able to get the running game going in that contest. 30 times to be exact. And three touchdowns for Joe Mixon as he lugged it for 25 times his sixth time in his career. By the way, the Bengals are 3-3 three and three when he does that. So let's look at that box score. Definitely you can find all that at Bengals.com. And now the real big test, you can say the first big test now, will be against Baltimore in Maryland. Ravens are 3-1. and one. And still very good, especially, you know, on defense. Definitely Lamar Jackson, great player. So I'm I'm worried to see how the offensive line's going. But I will say, yeah, it's it was a nice win. It's nice to still have that positivity. Yeah, one, two, and one, you you know, the best you could wish for is four and oh, of course. But hey, I I definitely I definitely enjoyed the fact the Bengals got their first win, and it's nice to see Cincinnati hold on to it. And I think you know there's a bright future ahead. I think this upcoming draft, which yeah I know we're only a fourth done with the season, but hey, I mean you know fix up the offensive line. And maybe add more to the defense. And I'd say the Bengals are in good shape to start making some noise. But we'll see how... Oh, I, I do want to talk about something. It's from CincyJungle.com, which I believe is the SB Nation site for the Bengals. And yes, it is. Look at me guess stuff, right? There is something that I wanted to talk about. It's the offensive line coach saying that the line is doing their jobs. Yeah, you could pretty much uh, <laughs> know where that's going. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, question what he was talking about. Because yeah, I, I, I definitely think that the Bengals... They have good components. It's just the offensive line needs fixed. And how can you say it was good when Joe Burrow got sacked eight times 
the tie at Philadelphia and got sacked eight times, hit 18 times, and Dan Hart argues it was 17 times. But at the same time, how do you argue that when, you know, something like that happens? How do you argue that? That's... I mean, maybe you don't want to throw people under the bus. I get it. That's why I probably wouldn't be a good coach. But maybe this is the right, you know, right start, you know? Yes, Baltimore's going to be tough, but I like what Joe Burrow's really done. I like his attitude. And I think the pieces are there for Cincinnati to be successful. And I hope Joe Burrow stays here in Cincinnati his entire career. But, hey, it's only his first year. So, definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing the growth of what the Bengals do. So, talk a little bit about the Bengals' win. Again, three rushing touchdowns for Joe Mixon. That's his first in his NFL career. And Joe Burrow, three straight 300-plus games. And I think the only rookie to do such a thing. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely incredible what... He's been able to do, but it just feels like, you know, the offensive line and the defense, and the coaching's kind of eh. But I think the Bengals will get better. I can tell you some of the fun stats. I can tell you it was 64 degrees outside, which, uh, if I remember right, it was certainly not that because it was raining. In fact, Bengals got some of that rain as well. Wait, Mike Glennon's with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Interesting. But let's go over the quick stats here. According to the game book provided by NFL.com. So Joe Burrow, like I mentioned, 300 yards, 25 of 36, rating of 92.4. And I believe he threw his first interception in his Bengals career. Which, hey, that stuff happens, you know. And it says two rushing touchdowns for Mixon. Two rushing touchdowns, wide through the air. Okay, so it is three touchdowns. I wasn't off. On the other side, Minshew the second, 27 of 40. A little higher rating of 101.1. Two touchdowns, one interception for 351 yards. Rushing thighs things, the Bengals got 205 yards, which at the about the start of the third quarter, Mixon... What do you have? Like 39 finishes with 151, which is about six per carry. Two touchdowns on the ground. And everyone else contributed a little bit. Bernard, two rushes, 19 yards. 13 yards for Higgins on a rush. Burrow had 11 on four keeps. Seven yards for Erickson. Four yards for Boyd. That's your 205. Compared to Jacksonville at 89. Robinson with 75 yards. No rushing touchdowns for Jacksonville. You know, a couple weeks ago, they waived Leonard Fournette, who's now in Tampa Bay. On the passing side of things, I mentioned Mixon got the one Burrow touchdown. Six catches, 30 yards. A.J. Green on the other side, one catch on five attempts, three yards. Tyler Boyd, 90 yards, seven of eight. T. Higgins, 77 yards, four catches, seven Targets, 47 yards for Sample. And he did have that play where Miles Jack stripped him of the ball. 
And that would have been a touchdown for Cincinnati, but it turned out to be Jacksonville's ball on that. Carter with 24 yards on a catch. 15 yards on one catch for Tate. Nine yards, one catch Erickson. One catch, five yards Thomas. And I mentioned A.J. Green. That's 300 yards for Burrow. On the other side, 351 yards in the air. Clark Jr., 95 yards, two touchdowns. Chenault Jr., also registered on the rushing side for Jacksonville, but picked up 86 yards on the ground. Miles Jack, one interception. Evans, one interception for Cincinnati. And only one punt recorded by Huber on the day. That's pretty nice to see. Whereas Cook, the punter for Jacksonville, two punts, 88 yards. One punt for 40 yards for Huber. So, And no fumbles as well. So that's nice to see. So I mentioned the Bengals get a little less yardage through the air, a little more, a lot more on the ground. And on the game, 505 yards for the Bengals to 429 for Jacksonville. So definitely nice to see that game. And yes, you can make the argument Jacksonville's defense is not great. But at the same time, a win is a win and it counts all the same. So let's go back and recap the playoffs because last week you might have noticed the audio quality wasn't quite there. I went to my USB microphone last week. I was just, you know, hey, I put the closing in and I put the uh, ads in for T Public and Redbubble, which I don't think I'll do this week because it's a fairly short week, a fairly short podcast episode. They say that that's about an hour long, so never mind. Okay, so if you like the playoff brackets, you can go to OHSAA.org, and then you click on Sports and Tournaments, go to Football, and you can find the brackets from there. And we are going to start... Why is that so tiny on there? Hmm. Yes, I want to make it smaller, because I'm complaining that I can't see it. Thank you for that. And we start off with Region 2, Division 1. Again, if you're not familiar with... Ohio High School Sports, the smaller the number, the bigger the school. Division 1 are your big schools. Division 7 are your very tiny schools. And it's based on student population, which for sports, it's separated boys or girls. And football, it's boys. So we begin with Region 2. This is your region with some of the big Dayton schools mixed in with Columbus. Region 4 is all Cincinnati schools. And I want to say Region 3, once upon a time, might have been what this Region 2 is now. Because I remember Springfield being in Region 3 a while back. But we'll double-check, make sure I'm not completely crazy on that. And the higher seeds get to host the games. Divisions 1, three, one 2, 3, and 7 play Fridays at 7. And 4, 5, and 6 play Saturdays at 7. We'll start off with the number 1 seed in Region 2, Division 1, Dublin Kaufman. And the Rocks will host number 16, Beaver Creek. And we'll see number 8, Springboro, host number 9, Finley. A nice hockey battle there, but the Panthers get to host the Finley Trojans. Kind of a big hike for Finley, but we'll see that battle happen at Springboro. Olin Tangy Liberty, the fourth seat, gets number 13, Miamisburg. We have number 5, Perrysburg, getting to host number 12, Kettering Fairmont. So that's a... Pretty big trip for the Firebirds. They get to go up to the Toledo area, which I didn't realize there were Toledo schools mixed in. So that's Toledo, that's Dayton, that's Columbus. 
That's a hefty road hike. At least you only have to do it once a week, eh? Number two, Northmont. They were the G-Walk winners, and they get to host Middletown, the 15th seed. And Marysville, the number seven seed, gets to host Dublin Jerome, the 10th seed. Battle of three and 14 as Springfield hosts Toledo Whitmer. Huber Heights Wayne, number six, gets number 11 Centerville in the second matchup between the Warriors and the Elks, one of the biggest rivalries you can have in the Dayton area. Let's check Region 3 to make sure that I wasn't completely off. I see a lot of Columbus schools, and that's all I see. So let's skip to Division 1, Region 4, shall we? This is all your Cincinnati schools. And Lakota West has the number 1 seed. They'll get to host number 16, West Claremont. And number 2, Princeton. They'll get to host number 15, Oak Hills. For... Both Lakota West and Princeton, they will host teams that were off for the last two weeks thanks to COVID. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Wolves and Highlanders kind of battle that fact. Plus the fact that Lakota West, oh, they've given up, what, 20 points in the regular season? So yeah, stingy defense to say the least. Whereas Princeton, yeah, that number is a little bit higher defensively, but... That's a nasty offense that Princeton has. So definitely, it's going to be a lot of fun to see the Vikes continue on. And I should also mention for Lakota West, this is their first game out of conference for Princeton. Seventh game in the GMC. So, mentioned Lakota West. Lakota East is the eighth seed. They'll get to host Sycamore. Mason's the fourth seed, hosting number 13, Lebanon. Colerain, the fifth seed, gets to host 12th seed at Milford. We'll have Princeton Oak Hills, like I mentioned. Elder gets to host Fairfield. So if Fairfield pulls up the upset over number seven Elder at the pit, then it could be another rematch of Indians and Princeton. And this time we'll be at Princeton. Will we see the Indians, you know, keep up with the running game? Who knows? St. Xavier's the three seed. They get Walnut Hills, the 14th seed. And the sixth seed at Hamilton Big Blue, the first Home playoff game in Hamilton High School history. They'll get Archbishop Muller. Uh, I mentioned Malik Verdon's been a transfer from Muller to Hamilton. It actually happened last winter to help out the Big Blue basketball team. So he'll get to see the Muller team on the gridiron for the first time in his Hamilton career. So that's your Division One Region 4. Region 1, I believe, is Cleveland area. That makes sense. Since Region 3 was all Columbus. And yes, indeed that is. Lakewood St. Edwards, your number one seed in Region 1, Division 1. In case you're wondering. And going back to Region 3, your number one seed. Luckily, that's all on the top. Pickerington Central. We move on to Division 2. Still big schools, but not as big as Division 1. And we go straight to Region 8. Because I know this is Cincinnati-Dayton area. Winton Woods is your number one seed. The Warriors going through the ECC without a loss and 6-0 overall for the Warriors. They'll get a first week bye, meaning if Winton Woods doesn't schedule anyone for Friday, they're off until next week, and they'll get to host the winner of number 16, New Carlisle Tecumseh, or number 17, Zinga. Why is there buys in Division 2 and there wasn't on Region or Division 1? Well, I mentioned there's far less schools in Division 1 compared to the other schools. In Division 2, Region 8, you had 25 schools. So, yeah, you kind of had to give out some buys there. Or else that'd be a very lopsided bracket, wouldn't you say? 
So the rest of the divisions do have first round buys. So who else has a buy in Division Two Region Eight? Well, Kings Mills Kings, the fourth seed, fifth seeded Turpin, second seeded LaSalle, seventh seeded Stebbins, third seeded Piqua, and sixth seeded Anderson. This bracket is so large it takes up two pages, by the way. So we mentioned Witten Woods. Next week they'll get to host the winner at Tecumseh versus Xenia. Edgewood, the eighth seed, gets to host Columbus West. Troy, the ninth seed, has Franklin Heights coming in. Kings Mills Kings will play the winner of Talawanda hosting Belmont, 13 versus 20, in the Battle of the Brave and Bison. Number 12, Fairborn, gets number 21 with throw, and the winner of that moves on to Tangle Turpin at Turpin. LaSalle will get the winner of number 15, Little Miami, and number 18, Loveland. This is a matchup where the Panthers defeated the Loveland Tigers. 55-28, if my memory serves me right. Stebbins, the seventh seed, will get to host either number 10, Sydney, or number 23, West Carrollton. So that should be another rematch of the Miami Valley League. Maybe not West Carrollton, because they had a two-week break thanks to COVID. Number three, Piqua, gets to host either number 14, Harrison, or number 19, Lima Sr. Number six, Anderson, gets the winner of Taze Valley hosting Briggs. And that's Division 2, Region 8. I feel like I'm missing a lot of Dayton schools in Division 2, so let's check out Region 6. And these are all Cleveland area schools, which, by the way, Avon's your number one seed in Region 6. Region 7, maybe? Pull that up. And those are more not Cincinnati Dayton schools. Which your number one seed is Massillon Perry, by the way. How about Region 5? Normally this is Northeast and Southeast Ohio. This is Archbishop Holbin being the number one seed. Why did I think they were in Division 3? I have no idea. But yeah, no local schools there. So onwards to Division 3 we go. Region 11. And we have number one St. Francis of Sales. And they'll get to host either number 16, Wilmington, or number 7, Marietta, which I mentioned last week. That sounds like an Ohio Athletic Conference matchup. Too bad that the Quakers aren't playing for a while. We have Jonathan Alder, the fourth seed. They'll get a bye and host either number 13, Zanesville, or number 20, Buckeye Valley. We have number 5, London. They'll either get number 12, Chillicothe, or number 21, Miami Trace. Bishop Hartley gets the winner of Western Brown or the Plains Athens, 15-18 there. Yes, that is the former high school Joe Burrow, the Plains Athens. And this this is weird because Western Brown's in the Cincinnati area, yet every most of these schools are like Columbus and there's Wilmington. So, yeah, it is a little bit different. So let's go to Region 12. That's where most of the local schools are in Division 3. And we have Bellbrook, the overall number one seed. They'll either get number 17, Northwest, or number 16, Chaminade Julienne. And Northwest will travel to CJ at Roger Glass this Friday. Number 8, St. Mary's. They'll take on number 25, Greenville. And number 9, Franklin, gets to host Vandalia Butler, the 24th seed in Division 3, Region 12. It's weird seeing Vandalia Butler in Division 3 because Vandalia is a pretty big city. 
but hey. Number 13, Hughes. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that Hughes will be hosting their first ever playoff game. Does that have a site info? That's not clickable. That's nice. Well, Hughes, the 13th seed, will get number 20, Goshen, coming in. Winner of that game moves on to take on number 4, New Richmond. Hamilton Ross has a bye. They're the number 5 seed. They'll either get number 12, Elida, or number 21, Monroe. Hamilton Baton's got the 2 seed and another bye. They'll either get number 15, Lima Shawnee, or the 18th seeded Wapakoneta squad. Tippecanoe takes on opponents in the Battle of 7 versus 26. Mount Healthy will host Bishop Fenwick in the Battle of 10 and 23. Trotmore Masson's got a buy as the three seed, and they'll get either Salina, the 14th seed, or number 19, Carroll. And Alters, the sixth seed, and another buy. They'll get Dunbar or Aiken in the Battle of Cincinnati Dayton Public Schools and 11 and 22. Dunbar, the 11th seed, Aiken, the 22nd seed. Now we move on to Division 4, Region 16 which is the home of the Valley View Spartans. And we have Clinton Massey, the number one seed. They're going to buy, and they'll either get Washington from Washington Courthouse or Thurgood Marshall from Dayton. Waynesville's got the buy as the eighth seed. Bethel Tate or Urbana will be their opponent, and the Tigers host the Hill Climbers. Waverly, the fourth seed, gets either 13th, Mon excuse me, 13th Norwood or 20th Schroeder. McNicholas has a bye as the 5th seed. They'll either get Unido or Hillsboro, the 12-21 battle. Indian Hills, your 2nd seed. They'll get either Oakwood or Batavia in the battle of 15-18. Valley View has a bye as the 7th seed. They might get a rematch with number 10, Milton Union, or number 23, McLean. Wyoming's the number 3 seed. They'll get the winner of number 14, Taylor, which will be a matchup from this past week, or Northwestern from Springfield. That's the 19th seed. Graham's your 6th seed. Eaton or Northridge will be their foe. Eaton the 11th seed. Northridge the 22nd. And just to make sure there's no more local schools I missed in Division 4. That is all Northeastern schools. Actually, there's a couple Columbus schools in there. I often wonder, you know, are they going to make regions where it's actually landlocked in the area? Where, you know, you don't have to travel like a billion trillion miles to get to a place I mentioned, especially in the upper divisions. You know, Finley's got to go to Springboro. That's not, I mean, yeah, it's 75. It's a straight shot down, but... That's still a pretty big trip there. No other schools in Division 4 in the local podcasting area. So let's move on to Division 5, Region 20. And we start off with Roger Bacon getting the overall number one seed and a first round bye. They'll take on either 17 seeded Carlisle or number 16, Summer Country Day, which Roger Bacon's already faced Summer Country Day in the Silver Knights. And the Spartans picked up a big win. Was that last week? Or is that week five? Or is that week four? Who knows? Greenan has a bye as the eighth seed. And the Knights get either number nine Taft or number 24 Meadowdale. Number four Versailles gets the winner of number 13 Preble Shawnee. Hosting number 20 Claremont Northeastern. CHCA Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. The fifth seed gets 
either Madeira, the 12th seed, or Bethel, the 21st seed. We have number two, Blanchester, getting the winner of 15 seeded Madison Plains, and number 18, East Clinton. Springfield Shawnees got the seventh seed and a bye as they'll wait either number 10, Middletown Madison, or number 23, Finneytown. Brookville's got the number three seed and a bye as they wait North College Hill or Purcell Marion. And West Liberty Salem has the last bye of Region 20, Division 5. The six seed Tigers either get number 11, Marymont, or number 22, Redding. And now we move on to Division 6, Region 24, which I know I mentioned it last week. I, I missed the moment when Twin Valley South was dropped down to Division 7. And I, I feel like an idiot for missing that, but there you go. Coldwater's got the overall number one seed. They'll either get number 16, National Trail, or number 17, Triad, from North Lewisburg. And think about it. If Tri-County North was in this division, it would have been Lewisburg versus North Lewisburg. Mm-mm. And yes, North Lewisburg, I believe, is north of Lewisburg, but it's pretty far east. So there you go. First round buys for both Fairbanks, the ninth seed, and eight-seeded Fort Recovery. West Jefferson, the fourth seed, gets the winner of 13 Anna or 20 Miami East. Fifth-seeded Covington gets either 12-seeded Arcanum or 21st-seeded Dixie. The second-seed Mechanicsburg gets the winner of Deer Park hosting Northeastern. Paint Valley, this is Bainbridge Paint Valley, hosting Greenview of Jamestown, the 10th seed. Both teams get first-round buys. Frankfurt Adina, the three-seed, gets either St. Bernard Elmore Place or Parkway. Allen East, the six-seed, gets either Minster or Delphos Jefferson. And before we go to Division 7, I want to make sure that I am not missing any. That's always a big fear of mine when I talk about playoffs. I feel like I miss schools just because they might be in a random region. It's like, wait a minute, you're not in Columbus. Why are you in the Columbus one? So I, I do have to double-check, and I have been double-checking during this whole thing. So if it sounds like, you know, a lot of silence or a lot of something like that, that's why I double-check to make sure I don't miss a school. Because that would break my heart if I did. So, we have number one, Marion Local. We also have the page zooming very small. Thanks for that. Marion Local, the top seed, either gets 16 seeded Cedarville or Mississippi Valley, the 17th seed. Both first round buys for Fayetteville Perry, the ninth seed, and New Miami, the eighth seed. Tri Village, the fourth seed, either gets Twin Valley South, the 20th seed. Or Cincinnati College Prep, the 13th seed. And this game will not be played at Cincinnati College Prep. It's at Summit Country Day. I feel like I know where Summit Country Day is. But, um, you know, that's my thing. I know a lot of schools, and I know, like, outside the downtown Cincinnati area where they're at. But, you know, I, I let's check. Maybe, if this ever loads. This is like Apple Maps. Yeah, that is Apple Maps. So, it's definitely not my handy-dandy Google Maps. Which, that doesn't help, because the fact is, I don't know where that is. I see there's a nice field that says Summit on it, so that's cool. And their own... Is that their own soccer field? Is that a softball field, too? Weird. Alright, so we zoom out, and we tell you it's Summit Country Day. I think it's near Xavier. No, it's by Columbia Parkway, by the river. 
didn't realize it was that far down. I thought it was more in 71, but that might have been a billboard. Anyway, sorry. That's not relevant. What is relevant is Tri-Village and Twin Valley self can meet up again. But remember, Cincinnati College Preparatory is the 13th seed, and they have home field advantage. DeGraff Riverside has a bye, and there will be no contest between Lachlan and Manchester. So first-round bye for number 12, Lachlan. I guess Manchester must have... Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember if they were on the new playoff list or not. By the way, you want to know how many schools are in the playoffs? Try 660. Yeah, that's a lot. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cover the playoffs as best as I can. I always say we. It's me doing this. Number two, Fort Loramie will get either Troy Christian or Mount Victory Ridgemonts. Troy Christian will host Ridgemont. The 7th seed Ansonia Tigers and the 10th seed Tricorian North Panthers, they get a first week bye and they'll play this game in Ansonia. And if you remember week 6 scores, Ansonia won by a point. So that should be a pretty good battle in Ansonia. New Bremen, the 3 seed, gets a first round bye. They'll either get Southeastern or Lehman Catholic. St. Henry and Grove City Christian also have first week byes as St. Henry will host Grove City Christian. See, that's a pretty big road trip there. St. Henry, pretty small school, pretty small village, and Grove City Christian, that's South Columbus. So, and you're talking about going towards the Lima area, the Salina area. Yeah, that's a bit of a hike. So, again, all the local schools will cover the playoffs and tell you just who advances. Now, what makes this year a little bit different is the fact that you can keep playing. Like I mentioned, if Bellbrook loses their game, they have a contest against Monroe scheduled. But if that doesn't happen, then Monroe cancels it, and you know maybe they try to find another team. Lima Central Catholics got the number one seed in Region 26, Division 7, by the way. Defoe St. John's might be the winner against Harden Norvin. They'll take on LCC, whoever wins that battle. I know Michael Michael Hearn's pretty happy about his Spencerville Bearcats, the fifth seed. They get a bye, they'll either get number 21 Upper Scioto Valley or number 12 Macomb. That's also one of my problems, too, is my coverage area is more focused on, you know, Miami Valley, you know, the weather map up to Auglaise County. And because I talk about those conferences, I do touch up around Lima and that stuff, so... If I've forgotten any other local schools, I do apologize. But we will cover those. Of course, week eight in Indiana football and week five in Kentucky. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. Can't talk about this week because it hasn't happened quite yet. If you want to watch my broadcast of Princeton hosting Oak Hills, it's at watchhsports.tv. It's $8.99. To watch it, or you can subscribe monthly or annually. You can save a little bit by typing in Fall Vikings. And, yeah, we'd love to have you aboard for playoffs. It's great to see. Last year, didn't get playoffs, but this year I do. So, definitely enjoying broadcasting Princeton High School football and definitely hoping that, you know, folks like the work I do. Oh, ho, look at that. A short episode. It's about an hour. 
How does this happen? How does this happen week after week? I like a short episode, but it's like an hour. Maybe that is my short. Who knows? Anyway, I do want to touch up what I said last week on episode 183. I'm, I mean, I'm still a little bit angry about this. Still a little bit angry. I'm still angry about this. I mean, I'm not bashing anyone, but why is Dayton Sports Media not talking about Dayton sports, you know? This is not talking about newspapers. Dayton Daily News does a nice job covering high school football. And David Jablonski, he does a great job. And it's not talking about the anchors, you know? Whoever's at 22 and 45, Mike Hartsock, Jack Pohl, Hodge Connerman, they do great work. I'm more talking about the two sports radio stations we have in town and why, you know... I've yet to hear about high school football in 1410. I'll listen to it when I'm driving to Cincinnati, and then at some point I'm fed up and I just turn it off. Whereas 980, oh yeah, there's nothing local. And I mentioned last week I, I saw that the outdoor connection's no longer on 980. It's now at Dayton Daily News, which it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to touch up on the fact I'm not bashing anyone, but at the same time I'm asking you why local sports isn't on the table you see how great of a high school sports scene we have it takes me an hour to talk about high school football and playoffs and the Bengals. so i don't want to hear oh well no one went to hear local sports they just want to hear ohio state uh first of all no i don't i don't care about ohio state and we don't talk about ohio state in this podcast and in fact if you go to the website and click the About tab, you scroll down, and I explain why I don't talk about Ohio State, because that's in Columbus. And yes, you can make the counter-argument, but you talk about Columbus area high schools for some reason. Well, your voice is silly, and most people don't sound like this. But my whole big thing is, you know, like I mentioned, most schools have to go through Columbus at some point to get in the playoffs. And when ice hockey comes around, most of the schools are in Columbus to have the sport. Dayton, Cincinnati. Now, what is that? 11 schools that have it? That's not right. 11 schools? Seven in the Southwest Ohio F- Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. Yes, I know the league that I broadcasted four years for. Why do you ask? And three in the Capital Hockey Conference and then Talawanda, who's independent this year. Which, that, that surprised me a little bit. I mean, I know they want more of a challenge, if, and I applaud them for that. You know, Talawana's not going to shy away from it. And plus, they play at Miami University. I think they have the best rink in Southwest Ohio. An even better rink than Central Ohio, because really, high school hockey doesn't get to play where the Blue Jackets play. Oh, okay, Upper Arlington. And is it St. Charles that plays at the Ice House? That little side rink to Nationwide? I know Upper Arlington does. There's not a chiller in Upper Arlington. Dublin's got their own chiller. Chiller North has all the old Tangy schools, and I think Worthington Kilbourne, maybe? There's the Ice Works, which is like inside the 270 belt. But uh, whatever happened to the Viking Center? Is there any Columbus listeners on here? Whatever happened to that? That's supposed to be a nice new rink by Sawmill, but uh, I, I, I don't know if that's happened or not, so you know, let me know on that. Anyway, back to the original point. My my whole rant wasn't to bash anyone. I don't like bashing people because, you know, it's a hard job. 
broadcasting's not easy. I mean, <laughs> I, I still screw up, and I hate when I screw up. I, I, it's it's one of the worst feelings I have, and it's just my whole thing of you know I want to be perfect so that you know everyone enjoys the work I do. That that's me, and that's my own problem. What I'm getting at is why isn't there like a high school football show in Dayton, Ohio? You got some of the you got some of the best school rivalries, Centerville Wayne. I mean, come on, that's that's one of the best rivalries around here. And you know, I I, I miss when Preble County had their own radio station. Uh, I think it was WCTM. Now it's part of the uh, the classic country stations from Xenia. But it's just, you know, why why is there no show? One of my favorite things to listen to, which wasn't on this week for some reason, is the Tri-State Football Scoreboard Show. They do an amazing job when they're on. And I love listening to that. WMOH has their own thing. But the problem is, I don't really pick up that station past Middletown and way from Hamilton, so, but they do an excellent job, I heard them week one, I enjoyed listening to that, why isn't there something like that in Dayton, and why is it all just, you know, it's either Ohio State or the mainstream sports, which, I get it, people like mainstream sports, I'm talking NBA and NFL, I get that, which is fine, but what I'm asking is, why is there no love for local sports in the local radio market? And I'm also not saying, you know, there's no stations around here that do local high school sports anymore. Although it is weird seeing WSW not cover Wayne football. It's the first time since I think the station opened in Huber Heights that they are not doing that. Which, that breaks my heart because those are volunteers and they do that. And they do an excellent job. I mean, now they, they... they're not doing it this year. so, And I know uh, the coronavirus has a hand in that as well. But it's just, am I totally off my rocker here? Is it too much to ask for local sports to talk about, you know, the football teams in the playoffs? I mean, hello, I'm pretty sure most of the schools in Dayton have opted in. There's only a few that I know that haven't. I think Jefferson Township's one of the schools that uh, opted out. I mentioned Springfield Catholic Central. Uh, there wasn't many in Southwest Ohio. I think there's some of the Cincinnati public schools that opted out, but um, I'm struggling to forget. I'm struggling to remember which ones they were. But yeah, I mean, and you know what, Dayton sports radio stations. It doesn't even have to be me. You know, I've been running this podcast for over three years now. This is my fourth year doing it. And I'm not saying it has to be me. There's got to be people out there that love their school, love the area they're living. I mean, Dayton, Ohio is a great place. Yes, it's not as you know strong as it used to be back in the day. Sure, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But at the same time, why, why is there no scoreboard show? Why is there nothing of that sort? You know? I know the high school football fans, the high school fans, the local sports fans here would be so excited about having that. But yet, there's nothing of the sort. So, yeah, I mean, you can yell at me all you want, but we got to put local sports back on local radio. And if I knew how to, and I knew 
how to get people to hire me for that, you know, I, I'd do that in a heartbeat. But anyway, let's end this episode off with a great little tidbit. Now, I talk about the Dayton Triangles from time to time, by time to time, I mean, when it comes up. But did you know that the 100th anniversary of the first ever NFL game was in Dayton? Bet you didn't. On October 3rd, 1920, the Dayton Triangles faced off against the Columbus Panhandles in the first ever NFL football game. It was an unusually warm day, and 4,000 fans packed the stands at Triangle Park. Tickets were $1.75 apiece, and players were paid 50 bucks a game. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds nice, you know, $1.75 ticket price. Give me that any day. <laughs> in fact, give everyone that every day. You'll back the stands. So, yeah, I mean, sports back then were different. hundred years ago, I mean, it was lever helmets and not the same helmets. And, you know, it's definitely different. So, this past Saturday, Mayor Nan Whaley, Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther, the Dayton History CEO Brady Cress, and local football legend Keith Byers held a Small centennial ceremony where the Triangles field once stood. So, yeah, that's huge. And you can see from where I'm getting this, WYSO.org, which is the NPR station in Yellow Springs, you can see the brand new turf field installed by the NFL, the Kettering Field. Now, of course, it's closed. You can thank COVID-19 for that, but it's beautiful. Why can't we have, like, an event there, you know? Have a football game at Kettering Field. Have the local sports station talk about it and, you know, broadcast it and celebrate what Dayton, Ohio brought to the NFL. It brought the first NFL football game. I don't know how much more, you know, I can hammer that in. By the way, Dayton won 14 to nothing against Columbus that day in 1920. Also, October 3rd was Dayton Triangles Day. Like I mentioned uh, so long ago, uh, Hart Mercantile, which is a store in the Oregon District, they have Dayton Triangle shirts. I recommend you get one. And in fact, I'm wearing mine tonight after I take a shower. So celebrate Dayton Triangles. Celebrate Dayton sports. You know? Yes, I know it. there's Dayton Dragons, and that's pretty much what people know of, but there's still a great sporting scene. And once things bounce the way of getting sports back here, it's a great sports world. So, you know, don't turn your nose down at Dayton just because, oh, it's only high school sports, and Ohio State's over there. So, that's my rant. Like I said, you know... There needs to be more local sports on local radio here in Dayton, Ohio. If you like to hire me, I'm pretty good at this talking thing. I'm pretty good at editing audio and uploading audio and all that, you know, good things. And I'm not just good at talking, I'm good at social media and pretty much, you know, everything needed. So there you go. If I don't know something, I'll learn it. And I'm a pretty quick learner on that too. So, but enough about me trying to get people to hire me and everything. Again, I'll be on watchhssports.tv this Friday at 7. Princeton hosts Oak Hills for the start of Division One Region 4 playoffs, and it'll be my first call of Cincinnati area playoffs, and definitely hope you join me. Again, 
It's $8.99 to watch the game, and there's options for monthly and yearly packages. So join me on that call. I'll be live from Pat Mancuso Field that Friday. And I'll have Kyle Howard as my color commentator, Mike Reeder, the former Muller Ice hockey coach, as the camera op. And we're going to have ourselves a good old time in playoffs. So I think that does it. I touched up on the Dayton Triangles, which I almost forgot to. Forgot that last week. <clears throat> but I had an excuse. I was angry. So there's that. I think that wraps up episode 184 quite nicely. And we'll talk to you again for episode 185. We'll tell you how the playoffs started in Ohio. Week 7 of, make it week 8 of Indiana High School football. And week 5 of Kentucky High School football. And more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off until episode 185. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time.